Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Today we're actually kicking off a brand new series, two-week series, called Jesus and Politics. Now, I know for some of you, that just made you twitch a little bit right there, right? Two words that you think don't go together. Two words that can actually stir up a lot of questions and contention. Like it or not, we are in another political season in our country. And all you have to do is turn on one of the 24-hour news station feeds, and uh, you'll hear people debating and and arguing and and name-calling. And all I gotta do is think back to the last election process of 2020, and I get a little bit of, you know, PTSD going on, right? Because I've never experienced anything like that in my lifetime, the the division that we experience. Now, uh, politics by nature are divisive, right? There's a setup to divide. That party against this party, my candidate against your candidate, red against blue, It's it's just created to be that way, but never, have we seen the kind of division and hostility that we've experienced in the last couple elections? I, I mean, it's one thing when there's division in the world, I, I, that, that concerns me, but when division comes into the church and into families, well, that's way more troubling and, and concerning. And, and I saw in the last election process, brothers and sisters in Christ treating each other with, with contempt I saw them being flat out mean and and rude to one another, cutting them off because of something they said, or I can't believe you're voting that way, I can't believe, and just, I mean, just flat out wrong, treating each other that way. And when you think about it, as we step into this this season again, um, there are lots of things that can divide us. There's lots of of, of things that we can argue and fuss and and fight about. Right at the foundation of the division is our political party. How we identify and which political party we identify with, it becomes the foundation of this wall that actually builds up between us. And some of us are so, we so identify as a Republican or a Democrat, we're so proud of that that we actually can't talk to somebody who doesn't see it the same way we see it. I can't believe you would ever vote for, I can't believe you could ever embrace those kind of values. What kind of Christian are you? (laughs) And then on top of this foundation, there's all the issues. The issues like like gun control and gun laws. Should there be any? No, I have my rights. We can't have any laws or our opinions about the environment. Like is is global warming really happening or is it just a myth that somebody made up? I, I don't know, but we argue about it as if we do know. And then there's the, uh, the, the, the definition of marriage that's under attack, or I maybe should say the redefinition of marriage, as if we get to redefine that. I don't think we do. Then there, there's the issue of, of abortion, which really isn't an issue. It's a child. But we argue about it, and we fuss about rights. And, and then there's the issue of, of immigration, which also isn't an issue. It's people made in the image of God. And then this begins to get so tall, we actually, I need some help. I need, the wall's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I need a ladder, okay, because we build this, we build these walls up and, 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 and there's social uh, services and should my tax dollars be funding this or funding that or helping this group or helping that group? And, and then we have 
racial tensions and racial injustice, and this always becomes something that, that tries to, to divide people, and we argue and fuss over it, and, and the economy, and we all have opinions about what we, we should be paying for, what should be happening in our economy. You see how this wall just builds, and on top of it all, we have these little things we carry around with us uh, that basically feed us everything we already think. Everything we already believe about all this stuff. You know, the, the feed on my phone tells me all that I already believe and just further puts me in a silo, an echo chamber, to the point that I, I can't hardly imagine somebody not seeing it the way I'm seeing it. Don't they see what I'm seeing? No, they don't see what you're seeing. They got a whole different feed going on on their phone. See, here's what we have to understand. Difference is inevitable, but division is a choice. Difference is inevitable. There's, there's no way that we're ever gonna see eye to eye, thank you, Jonathan, on all of these different issues and opinions. We're never gonna agree. We're never gonna all vote the same. We're never all gonna think exactly the same about all these things. Difference is inevitable, but division is a choice. Can I tell you that as I was praying about 2024 and what the Lord wanted us to, to preach and speak on, very clear and very loudly, he showed me that this was one of the most important series we would do. And he said, Todd, before it gets crazy, I'm like, it might already be too late. Before it gets crazy, <laughs> before my people forget what they know, remind them of who they are. That's what I heard. Before my people forget what they know, remind them of who they are. And so I, I wanna ask your permission to be able to pastor you these next two weeks. You don't need a teaching. A teaching affects the mind, but pastoring actually affects the heart. And if you would let me just pastor your heart and get you prepared for this season that we're stepping into today. And these next, these next couple of weeks, um, we're not gonna spend a lot of time talking about the issues and the, and the candidates and the policies. Uh, we're gonna talk about something way more important than that. We're gonna talk about something that's gonna outlast and outlive all of that. Now, maybe you've seen um, this promo uh, for the election, Decision 2024. If you haven't seen it, you're gonna see a lot in the next couple months. Because in the next couple months, millions of Americans are gonna to go to the ballot box to make their decision on their candidate, on these issues that they think are important, and they are important. But can I tell you the most important decision that you have to make in 2024 is not who you're gonna vote for. That is not the most important, it's an important decision. It's actually a critical decision because it will affect our nation. So I'm not, I am not downplaying the importance of the political process or how we vote. But can I tell you that is not the most important decision. The most important decision is not who you're gonna vote for, it's who you're gonna be. What kind of... Christ follower are you gonna be? What kind of words are you gonna use? What kind of attitudes are you going to justify? What kind of conversations are you gonna get into with somebody who doesn't think like you and vote like you? How, how are you gonna approach, how are you gonna treat them? That is way, way, God cares way more about that. And so that's what I wanna to talk to. And fortunately in the Bible, guess what? He tells us who we're supposed to be. Like there's very clear descriptive words and scripture that helps us understand who God wants us to be specifically in a season like what we're getting ready to walk in. And I wanna unpack three of them with you today. 
The first is found in Philippians chapter three, verse 20. And the apostle Paul says this. He says, we are, look at that, citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. So what that tells me is that we are not just citizens of the United States. We are first and foremost citizens of heaven. And if you read your Bible, you see that he tells us this over and over again, that we are just pilgrims passing through, that this is not our home. So don't get all caught up in, in this, that you don't remember that you're just passing through. Heaven is your home, right? Now that doesn't mean we don't care about what's going on here, we do. Doesn't mean we, we, don't, we don't get involved in the issues and the needs that are represented here, we do. And all you gotta do is, is look at us as a church. Man, we're getting involved in all sorts of things taking care of widows and orphans and the marginalized and standing up against injustice and caring for the things that God cares about. We, we do that all, all, all the time. Not just in a political season, but all the time we're supposed to do that. But we understand that's because we are first and foremost citizens of heaven. So does that mean you shouldn't get involved in the political process? No. Thank God we live in a land where we can get involved in the political process. What I'm saying is being a citizen of heaven is actually gonna shape how you get involved in the political process, how you're gonna behave over these next several months. Um, I think often we forget this verse of scripture found in James chapter one, verse 19 and 20 that says, you must all be <laughs> quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Look at verse 19 again. You must all, that includes me and you, all must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. For some of you, that needs to be your scripture you memorize and quote every day during the next nine months, all right? right because sometimes in a political season, uh, we become quick to speak and very slow to listen, quick to argue, quick to prove our point, quick to kind of... <laughs> Right? Because we've got to get it in. Got to get them to think a little different. Like, I, I, I'm amazed how we can criticize unbelievers for acting like unbelievers. They're unbelievers. They don't know. Or how we as Christians sometimes even attack and criticize other believers without ever first talking to them. We can justify slander as truth telling. Well, I'm just telling the truth. Do you know that you can actually be convinced and kind at the same time? <gasps> you can be convinced about what the Bible says about some of these issues. You can be convinced on what you believe is right for our nation and our country. And you can be kind, Christ-like Christian, all at the same time, the way you talk to somebody about it. See, when I read my Bible, Jesus didn't come to help one particular group of people succeed at their thing. He came to actually establish his own thing. He came to establish his people, his, his church, his kingdom, which in his own words, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And so we have to understand at the very beginning, as we step into the season, we are first and foremost citizens of a heavenly supernatural kingdom where Jesus is the king. And so we march to the beat of a different drummer, amen? Okay, second thing I see from the Bible about us in this season is that you are not just an American, you are an ambassador. You are not just an American that gets to vote about things. You are an ambassador from heaven to earth. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19. 
He says, God has committed to us, the church, the followers of Christ, he has committed, which means he has given to us, say it out loud, the message of reconciliation. Let me stop right there. In other words, what he's saying is, this message of reconciliation is your message, given to you by God. Now that word reconciliation is a word picture that actually means a, a, a piece of cloth that has been ripped apart being mended and sewn back together, woven back together again. It's exactly what Jesus did for us. Sin ripped us apart from God. And so through Christ, he wove us back into relationship with God. And now he says, I've given you the same message of reconciliation, mending back what is torn apart. And he goes on to say, therefore we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal to the world through you and me. Since you have this message of reconciliation, it's as though God has now made you an ambassador to go help people be reconciled. An ambassador by definition is the highest ranking diplomat that is sent as a representative from one nation to another nation. The highest ranking diplomat sent from one nation to represent that nation to another, that's who you are. You've been sent by God from a heavenly kingdom to this world, to your neighborhood, to your friendships, to your community as an ambassador to represent God. Now, as an ambassador, you need to understand you are not uh, chosen by the people, you are chosen by God. Think about an ambassador. Ambassador is never elected by popular opinion, what everybody else thinks. No, no, no. An ambassador is chosen by the, by the president appointed by the president, appointed by the king to, to go to that country and represent. And in the same way, you've been appointed. Do you know that Jesus said in John 15, he said, I did not, you did not choose me, but I chose and look at that, appointed you. Why, why did he appoint you? So you could argue about politics? So you could get into debates and be mean and nasty on social media? <laughs> no. He said, I chose and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the fruit of your life that will last. And when you are filled with the spirit of God, you will produce the fruit of the spirit in you, which in Galatians, Paul tells us, is, is the spirit of love and, and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness. And what's that last one? We all could use a little bit more of that over these next few months, just a little. <laughs> Self-control. Jesus says, that's the fruit that I want you to produce. That's the byproduct that I wanna see coming out of your life and out of your mouth because you've been chosen and appointed to produce that. You're an ambassador chosen by God to bear fruit that will last. When we think about it, an ambassador, an ambassador, uh, doesn't get to say whatever they want to say. An ambassador doesn't get to say whatever they think or whatever they, hey, me, hey. no, no, they got to say the words that actually represent the country or the nation that they are sent from, right? They, they have to say those words. They have to represent those things. So our words need to represent our king. Our words, our responses, when things get a little heated or debated, they actually need to represent King Jesus, so as followers of Jesus, we don't get caught up in name calling. We don't get caught up in slandering and put, we, we don't make fun of people. 
Because they mess up at their speech. We don't put people down just because we don't agree with their political viewpoints and what they're saying. We don't do that. We are ambassadors. We, could you, I actually, I actually heard Christians calling some people on the other side of the political aisle idiots. Oh, they're idiots, idiots, idiots. And I thought, would, would Jesus, would, would Jesus use those words? Now remember, I'm trying to pastor you today. <laughs> would, would Jesus say those things that way? Because if Jesus wouldn't say it, I don't need to be saying it. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, he said, um, he said, if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if anyone says you fool or call somebody a fool, you'll be in danger of the fire of hell. So just let that one kind of sit there a minute, okay? <laughs> See, I think sometimes we think because we don't know them and we're not saying it to them, right? I would never go, you idiot, that it's okay. Or because they're, uh, they're a public figure that they kind of put themselves out there. So we kind of get to do what we want. Hey, we can say, no, I don't read that anywhere in the scripture. In fact, when you think about it, the ambassador not only doesn't say what he wants to say, he doesn't even get to represent his own opinion. An ambassador to another country always has to represent the opinion of the nation or the leader that he represents, which means our calling as an ambassador actually reprioritizes our preferences. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Jesus now lives in me. Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified. So do I have strong opinions about all of these issues? Yeah, I got, I got strong opinions. And I actually have biblical foundations for many of my opinions. And can I tell you, it's okay to share that with somebody. In fact, in the months to come, I'm gonna be sharing with you a couple of mine, right? But how we do that, how we share that is so important, right? We, 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 we've gotta remember that the highest calling that is on our lives is not to try to get somebody to change their vote. That is not your highest calling. Your highest calling is not to prove a point to somebody. You might be right, but you can be so right that you're wrong because you're so convinced you got to prove this. Why don't you just point people to God and let him prove the point, right? We, we point people to Jesus and then let Jesus prove whatever point he wants. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit can do more in seconds than men can do in centuries of arguing and debating. Holy Spirit can do that. So we're, we're going we're gonna to open up that doorway. Too many Christians would rather make a point than live on purpose. Too many Christians would rather prove their point of being right than actually point people to the, the one that can make them right, the other person right. And I've said this before, um, our mission as a church goes way beyond this election this year. So just keep that in perspective as we get into the heat. It goes beyond any election. Our mission as a church does not change based upon any political outcome. We're, we're still gonna be fulfilling the great commission that God has called us to, right? Regardless, and that is for the church at large, regardless if that church was first century church under a pagan Roman emperor or a church over in China, under communist China, hiding out in a house somewhere or a church in the, 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 the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? We all got the same mission that is on the church. And when you think about it, the, the church of Jesus Christ was birthed 
under great oppression. Just go back to the first century. Pagan empire, the Roman pagan empire allowed all sorts of evil to exist in that. And that's where, that's where God chose, Jesus chose to birth the church. And when Jesus showed up, everybody thought that he was gonna overthrow that empire. Like they all thought, okay, he's here now. He's gonna overthrow the empire. No, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And if my kingdom were of this world, my followers would fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. And then you think about um, the early church. You don't see the early church. If you read the New Testament, you don't see them fighting against Rome. You don't even see Paul, a Roman citizen. Um, he didn't try to overthrow Caesar. As an ambassador, we have to go with what's the agenda of God for the church? What is God's agenda for the church? And we're gonna get in step and in line with that. Now, thank God, here's the other side of it. We don't live in Rome. We actually live in a country where we get to vote. And we get to vote according to the values and principles that we build our life upon and elect people that align as close as we can to those values and principles. That is a God-given right that we have in our country. And thank God for that. But that's not the church's purpose. So as we get closer to the election, don't get mad at me. Well, Todd, you didn't preach enough about that. You better preach against that. You better, hey, hey, hey. Listen, I'm gonna preach what Jesus tells me to preach, not what you tell me to preach. And I wanna keep us on mission, on focus. My goal is to keep our hearts moving in, in the right, right direction. So do I have strong opinions? Yes. I want this word to shape how I think, how I vote, and I want what is most important to God to be most important to me in my life and when I vote. All right, so who we're gonna be? We're citizens of heaven. Secondly, we are an ambassador for our king. And the third truth we find in scripture is you're not a regular person, you're a royal priest. You have a call of priesthood on your life. This is what it says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse nine, for you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So what he's saying here is you're not like everybody else. You're a royal priest. So don't act like everybody else. Just cause that person at work's talking that way about stuff doesn't mean you need to get involved in it. You're a, you're a royal priest. Just cause everybody else is arguing and griping doesn't mean you need to argue and gripe about it. No, 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 your job is to show others the goodness of God. It's hard to do that if you're fighting with them. Yeah, your job is to help them get out of darkness into his wonderful light. You have an assignment on your life. Many of you would know the name Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., although that's where he probably got his name from. But Martin Luther, uh, over 500 years ago, was the father of the Reformation. He was the one that stood up against the corruption in the church and said the only way to God and the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. It's not through a man, it's not through the church, it's not by doing enough good deeds. And so he helped us understand that we are all royal priests. He based that off of this verse of scripture. So you are a priest, so what does that mean? Does that mean, Todd, I gotta go to Bible college and wear a black robe? No. Although you do need to grow in your Bible knowledge. You do need to know the word and the truth so you can build your life on it, which is why we have classes and groups starting up this week. Just a little plug there for you. But the job of a priest is to help people connect with God. That's your job. 
The, the, the assignment of a priest is to help people find God, is to know him personally. So when you think about it, you are actually a spiritual influencer. Hey, right? You're actually influencing people to walk with God and know God. So wherever you live, wherever you work, whatever you do, that is your calling. And that assignment and that responsibility actually influences everything else you do. It's gonna influence how you treat people, how you talk to people that you disagree with in this season, how you talk to people that vote differently than you or think differently than you. All of it is influenced through the lens of that I am a priest for God. My job is to help people Get to God, that's my assignment. So if you are a believer, that's your assignment. Do I have any believers in the house today? Port St. Lucie in the house, so Okeechobee, Vero, let me hear you. If you're in the house and you're a believer, uh, let me go through the list, I got them all written down here. Trinity, Jupiter, uh, Okeechobee, Royal Palm, Boca, any, anybody from Boca, set for Jesus, Stewart, uh, Bell Glade, Westlake, Gardens, any believers in the house today? Okay. So we're not left and we're not right. We're not right and we're not left. We are up people. We are pointing people up. We're looking up. We're helping people get their eyes up. We are kingdom people in this season. That's who we are. We're not identifying as I'm right and you're left and you're left and I'm right. No, no, no. We are Jesus people. We are kingdom people. Now, when it comes to the issues, the things that God cares about, we're going to care about. The things that, that he, I'm going to care about what he cares about. So if he cares about the unborn, then I'm going to care about the unborn. If he cares about the immigrants, then I'm going to care about the immigrants. If he, if he cares about issues and situations going on where the family's being torn apart and there's an agenda to destroy the family, I care about those things. I, I, I'm, I'm going to care about what God cares about. It's not that hard. We make it so hard. It's really quite simple. But what we have to make a decision on together is that we're not gonna let the enemy divide us. Because there's power and there's anointing in our unity. And like I said before, um, the political system is designed to separate us, to divide us, to pull us apart, but the church is set up for unity. The church is set up to bring together, not uniformity, we're not all gonna look the same. We all have so many differences, beautiful different backgrounds and perspectives that we come into this thing with. But through Jesus, we are unite us. And we have to remember that what unites us is greater than anything that could divide us. Who unites us is greater than anything that can divide us. And his name is Jesus. Look at this verse in Ephesians 4.4. 4. For there is one body one spirit, just as you've been called in one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one father of all who is over all, in all, living through all. There is one, there is one, one Lord. So we're gonna take this down because Jesus takes this down. There's one, one faith. There's one Jesus, one baptism. One, there's one that unites us. Jesus is the great uniter. He tears down the walls of division so that people can be reconciled together again. And you and I have that same calling on our lives to bring healing and restoration 
We actually have an opportunity to speak a different language in this season when everybody else is speaking a language that, that tears apart, that puts down, that slanders. No, no, no. We have the opportunity to speak the language of heaven that unites and draws together. That's the decision you've got to make. Who are you going to be? The Bible says we're called to be citizen of heaven. We know where our home is, that, that we're called to be an ambassador. We know who we represent in our words and our actions. And we're called to be a high priest, a priest that brings people closer to God. And so I want us to share in communion together, representing that we are united through Jesus and who unites us is far greater than any of the issues that could ever divide us. And uh, at Christ Fellowship, we share an open communion, which means if you've given your life to Jesus and he's the Lord of your life, you're invited to participate in communion with us. And when you came in today, you probably got one of the little elements. And if you didn't, in just a moment, as the team sing over you, uh, the sanctuary hosts will come through with those. You can just raise your hand and we'll get them. If you're joining with us online, you just go grab some cracker or bread and some juice because I want us to share in this together. What Jesus did on the cross to reconcile man back to God, he's now given us that same message and ministry of reconciliation. And so we remember through, through the act of communion, we remember what Jesus did. And it's interesting to note that Embedded in the word communion is community. That although your faith is personal between you and God, this community, this communion, this connection is God ordained. And we don't wanna let anything, we don't wanna let politics, we don't wanna let an issue, we don't wanna let what somebody said or didn't say tear apart what God sovereignly has brought together. I'm gonna to pray a prayer and then I'm gonna ask the teams to come and sing over you as we prepare our hearts. And if, if there's something in your life that you've allowed to um, become more important than the centrality of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the unity that Jesus came to give, then this is the moment for you to deal with that with God. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you for your word that helps Remind us who we are. It's so easy to forget. We can get so consumed with what's going on around us that we forget that we are first and foremost citizens of heaven. Thank you for that truth. Thank you that we have a home. Thank you that we are your ambassadors. Help us to represent you well with the words that we speak and the attitudes that we have. And that Lord, that we are priests helping people find their way to God. May we live out these next few days, these next few months, with this focus. And Jesus, we pray that you'd be magnified in our life in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.